A very good evening to you and welcome to this edition of Gospel for You, broadcasting here from Victoria Gospel Hall in Aberdeen, which is the home of Gospel for Grampian Radio. My name's Rob Rowe and this evening we are considering grace. This is the second of a two-week series on mercy and grace. Last week we considered mercy. Now for grace, our main scripture is from Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 to 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And tied in quite closely with this, Second Timothy 1 verse 9, He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. And this is the grace that you and I can use to be much more like God. Because God knows that each of us is 40. Each one of us makes mistakes. Each one of us does wrong things. But God gives us the grace to come back and to make things right. He gives us the grace to repent. He gives us the grace to get back on and do the things that we are called to. We are living in a time of grace which is uh, rather quickly coming to an end. But that grace is still available. Not grace so that we can go on doing wrong, but grace so that we can get up, turn from what we're doing wrong and do right. This is Gospel for You. And in this program, as well as these scriptures, we're going to be hearing your gospel, which is a project which we began in 2019 and a project which we have a passion to make sure that people from all language groups, all nationalities are able to hear about this wonderful, undeserved good news of salvation, of God's grace to us, made possible through Christ Jesus, that each of us, that when we believe, we can have everlasting life. We can share in the grace that is given. And so today we have your gospel in French, Ukrainian and Catalan. We also have testimonies. And uh, the first of these is really a conversation with a lady called Jennifer Brownlee, who has worked with Glasgow City Mission and Clan and was recorded a good number of years ago for Gospel for Grampian Radio. The second is from Raymond McCowan. It is about realising the heritage that we have in Christ Jesus and working on it to become more like Christ We've got Kingdom Come with Fergus Buchan, which is about sowing the seed and then bringing everything together in prayer. This is Gospel for You. Now let's get into the first of our Your Gospels in French and then we're going to be hearing from Jennifer Brownlee. Welcome to Your Gospel, making the good news of salvation 
available to language groups around the world. This is your gospel in French. Jean 3,16 Car Dieu a tant aimé le monde qu'il a donné son Fils unique, afin que quiconque croit en lui ne périsse point, mais qu'il ait la vie éternelle. Your gospel is made available by Gospel for Guapian Radio, where it is heard every hour, on the hour, and on podcast from podcast.g4g.org.uk. Listening live from listen.g4g.org.uk. Thank you. We've got another guest on the phone, and this guest is Jennifer Brownlee. Uh, you're friends with uh, Mark and Brenda, and you've also been helping out at Clan as well, and I know you live in Glasgow. Uh, so how long have you known Mark and Brenda? Um, probably about four years or so, yeah. And that was through Clan, was it? Yeah, that's how we met. Um, we were sharing accommodation, um, and I got chatting through them. Um, they're fantastic, fantastic people. They've just got such a passion and a heart for God. Brilliant. Uh, would you like to, well, tell us now how how much uh, God has impacted your life uh, since you became a Christian, or even just tell us about a little bit about that? That would be great. I kind of shy away from giving my testimony because I think it's a bit bit rubbish, but I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. Um, I became a Christian... When I was about 15, um, my family are not Christian. Nobody in my family goes to church. Um, but the, the town I grew up in had a, a youth group that was attached to the Episcopal Church there. And a lot of my friends went. So I went to the, the youth group. And through that, I went to the church and became part of the choir. And through that, went on SU holidays and met quite a few more Christian teenagers and, and became attached to St. Silas Church, um, which is in Glasgow. Um, which I absolutely love and I, I still attend now. Um, and I went, I left Glasgow to go to university and studied. I got my degree in 2003 um, and I had everything I wanted. I had the flat I wanted, the car I wanted, the boyfriend, the life plan, absolutely everything that I wanted. But I, my faith had not been a big part of my life um, other than when I'd been in trouble. Um, so in 2003, after I graduated, I did the Alpha course at St. Sinus. And um, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and it, it really did change my life. Um, I don't have the car, I don't have the boyfriend, I don't have the life plan, I don't have the job. I don't. I still have the degree, but what was that <laughs> I, in? Um, I studied in psychology and human resource management. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still have the degree, but everything else in my life is totally different. Um, I don't value the things I used to value. I'm not interested in in money or success or what everybody else has got. Um, passionate, really passionate for the homeless and I work with Glasgow City Mission mm. um, everything that I have I believe I'm given to share and it totally has changed my life and it's been absolutely amazing and I wouldn't trade back for absolutely anything it's hard being the only Christian in your family um, they all think I'm slightly crazy and my brother makes a point of telling me how bad Christians have been through the, through the decades and mm. I don't have any weaponry to respond to that. I can only tell him how I feel and what a difference it's made to me. Um, and I just plod along and periodically he'll ask me if any of my friends are single. So he's obviously not <laughs> completely opposed to it. But I know. Yeah. It's, uh, 
Uh, who said that you haven't got a story to tell? I think you've got a very good story to tell, actually. Uh, and even even the potted history that we've had just now is is just uh, just enough to kind of whet the appetite and know more. But I'd like to know more about your work with Glasgow City Mission, if you would, please. Oh, I love the City Mission. There was a lady called Fiona who was at our church, and she badgered and badgered and badgered me to go to the City Mission. She said I would love it, and it took me about two years to fill in the form and, and attend. Um, I've been going there now for, I think, seven or eight years. Okay. Um, and the people there are just amazing. I've worked in several Christian environments, and a lot of them are very difficult to work in. We don't treat each other well when we're working mm. together as Christians. But within the mission, there is nothing but love. It's amazing, because we're all passionate about seeing people fed and warm and cared for and acknowledged and spoken to and, you know, finding them a sandwich that they actually quite like as opposed to saying you're homeless you're hungry you should be grateful <sighs> it's not like that it's it's very much a welcoming thing um, yeah. for the last two years i've cooked christmas dinner on christmas day for the city mission um two years ago it was 50 people 54 people for for dinner and last year we had 84 people for dinner Ooh, wow um and it's been it's just been amazing to, to actually do something on days where we're traditionally shut and it's a yes. really important day for Christians to say, yeah, Jesus loves you, and it's a free gift, and here we are on Christmas Day spending, choosing to spend our Christmas with you because we think you're really important, and we'd love to spend Christmas with you. And everything the mission has is donated. They don't have any regular funding or anything like that. And every night, they're open five nights a week. They need oh, wow. They oh, dear. 14 volunteers to open a toll. And more often than not, they get the numbers. And then at mm-hmm. Christmas, we have people who are willing to give up their Christmas day to come and serve and, and love and play board games and just do what everybody else does on Christmas Day. Yeah. Now, that is something. Uh, I have to say, I used to uh, be part of Aberdeen City Mission myself, and I just loved it. Monday evening was always haven time. We'd go in, uh, we'd get things set up, and then to actually be there to encourage volunteers to go in there, you get the banter with the volunteers, and you go out and you get the banter with the with, with the guests as they come in and, and do a Christmas meal with them. And ah, oh, it was lovely. We used to get loads and loads of volunteers and people bringing stuff in and people coming in and playing the piano. And ah, oh, it was fantastic. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. There's no place like it. One thing I have found is every time I try to go to the mission, something will get in my way. I've had two or three car accidents trying to get to the mission and several days where I can't be bothered or Mm. somebody else appears to need something urgently. And there are bricks thrown in your way when you're trying to get there. But once once you're there, you never, ever regret going and always Mm -hmm. have a fabulous night. Always. That's good. And that's what uh, makes it, I think. Could you tell us a little bit about your work with Clan? Yeah, I started with Clan in 2006. Um... They were asking for volunteer stewards to help out because it rained and they were needing help. Um, So I ended up being uh, asked to head up the the stewards, one one set of the team of the stewards, uh, under an amazing head steward called Bo. He was just fabulous. Um, So I did that for three years, I think, um, and had a a wonderful deputy, Karen, who took over and and headed up the team after that. Um, And I moved across to doing the kids' team. Um, the kids' team is a clan within clan, 
Um, and honestly, I didn't see any of the clan speakers, but I didn't miss a single thing. Um, the workers with the kids team have the children prophesying and praying and getting into all the gifts of, of the Spirit and all the fruits of the Spirit, more importantly. Um, I took my friend's daughter there for an afternoon when she needed some childcare. Um, and she's, she's only two. She doesn't have any Christian influences in her life. But when mum came to pick her up, <laughs> she'd say, no, mummy, singing, dancing. No, mummy, no, go home. <laughs> Just absolutely adorable. Um, the kids' team worked very, very hard all week. But the children, to be honest with you, have a much better clan than the main clan. Um, it, there's no barriers. There's no issues about self-consciousness. There's a lot less um, thinking that they know what's, what, where the way it should be and having opinions about the way things are done. There's also a lot more crossover. They do hands-on stuff. They do um, thinking and praying and, and moving and all different modalities, if you like, of, of learning and, and being with God. Uh, my role within that is to look after the, the team and the children of the team. So I'm the team mum within Clown Kids. Um, I cook breakfast at six in the morning so that they're <laughs> eating before they run about and feed them tea and hot chocolate and various different things at various different points. So I just adore the team and that's that's headed up by the worship pastor at St. Silas, Jenny Chung, and her husband who's the assistant pastor at St. Silas, Gordon Chung. Um, and uh, yeah, they, they run a, a fantastic team together with Naomi Barton who uh, I think she oversees it, and Gemma, Gemma Stoddart, who was coordinating this year. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just an awesome team, and they love one another. The, the time they spend together, they go to the beach together, we go to um, various different places together, we choose to spend time together, and that really reflects in the time we spend with children. <sighs> Great. From that, I'd love to come along to clan myself. I really I would. I think you absolutely should. I think everybody should go once. It's a little piece of the kingdom. But the important thing is to try different places within clan. Because I love doing stewarding, but after you've done it for a period of time, it sort of becomes your job. And mm-hmm. it's kind of important to keep moving and to keep doing new things and, and letting somebody fresh come in and do things a different way yeah. um, to the way that you did them. Because nobody's right, and what's right this year might be wrong next year. Um, so, yes, yeah, if, if you were coming to clan at the moment, I would say come to clan kids. It's just amazing. Well, what more can I say is an invitation. <laughs> Absolutely, we'd love to have you. All right, well, thank you very, very much for coming on there, Jennifer. It's been really, really great. What would you say to anyone out there, just telling people uh, just simply about the kingdom, telling people about Jesus Christ? Um, to people who are already Christians, I would say God made you. And he made you with the passions that you have. And even if that's not reflected in your job, even if that's not reflected in what you do do, whatever you're passionate about, that's where you should be headed. And God will make everything come to place for you. Um, my personal passion is to see children who are not in a, a, a situation where they can grow and thrive, to have people in their lives that will help them grow and become the people they can. And to have not one single person sleeping outdoors in the whole of the city of Glasgow um, those are the things I find on my heart all the time and if that's what you're passionate about, it doesn't matter what you do for a living, go and find out about that mm-hmm. and God will provide you don't need to worry about being paid for it, you don't need to worry about the time, you just need to go and find out about it, pastors on the streets and that kind of thing mm-hmm. if that's your passion, follow your passion 
for people who aren't Christians and who are kind of not sure about Jesus, again, go and find out about it. Go and listen. If it's as true as we think it is, it will get you. And you will hear it in a way that you've never heard anything before. It speaks to your soul if you're willing to listen. And that's, you know, what is there to lose? There's a lot to gain. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Your Gospel, making the good news of salvation available to language groups around the world. This is Your Gospel in Ukrainian. Ioan 13:16. Bo Bog tak polubil svet, sho dal sina svoho jedinorodnoho, sho be kozen kto viruje v njoho ne zahinul, ale mal žitja večne. Your Gospel is made available by Gospel for Grampian Radio, where it is heard every hour on the hour on podcast from podcast.g4g.org.uk. Listen in live from listen.g4g.org.uk. Thank you. This is Gospel for You, and you've heard your Gospel in Ukrainian. A chat with Jennifer Brownlee, who uh, was telling us all about Clan and indeed about Glasgow City Mission, and also your gospel in French. This Gospel for You program also has a testimony from Raymond McCowan. We'll also hear from Fergus Buchan speaking about sowing of the seed, and we'll be bringing everything together in prayer. Now, our theme for today's program is grace. And as our scriptures, we have Ephesians 2, verses 8 to 9. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. We've got Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. And we'll also be hearing from Hebrews 4, verse 16. But let's now go and hear from Raymond McCowan. afternoon a gentleman and lady from the outskirts of Glasgow were coming into Glasgow on an errand. They were walking along Argyle Street from one end to the other to reach a particular shop. The man was a complete unbeliever, no time for God, no time for Christ, no time for the things of God. About ten yards in front of them there walked a man with one of these gospel placards. It said on the gospel placard, What think ye of Christ? 
Now that man said to himself, I know what I think of the church. I know what I think of Christian people. I know what I think of the Christian religion in general. But I've never faced up to this, what think ye of Christ? And before that man had reached the shop he was bound for, he was a Christian. I was faced up with that question in Argyle Street, way back in the year 1944. Not in a church, not in a mission hall, not where an organ was playing nice music, but standing out in a cold street on a cold November or December night in 1944, a man was preaching and that was the question he was asking. My background was different from the background of my friends. I was brought up in a Christian home. At the age of 18, I said to my mother, who was a Christian, I want nothing to do with your God. I want nothing to do with your Christ. I want nothing to do with your faith. If you talk to me again about it, I'll leave home. My mother said this to me. She said, you can stop me talking to you about God, but you can never stop me talking to God about you. And she prayed for me. And the more she prayed for me, the deeper I seemed to get into unbelief. Until I was faced up then with this question, what think ye of Christ? And I had to make up my mind what I thought of Christ. For Jesus Christ claims to be God. He claims to be the only one who is able to forgive sin. He claims to be the only one who can bring men to God. He claims to be the one who will judge those who reject him. And I had to make up my mind what I thought of the Lord Jesus and what I thought of his claims. Some people had said to me in some of these open-air meetings in Glasgow that were run by the agnostics and the freethinkers, that Jesus Christ was a fraud, that's what they thought of Christ. And I suppose the thought entered my head that perhaps there was some substance in it. And then I thought to myself, now why would Jesus Christ want to be a fraud? Why do people fraud others? Some fraud others for personal status, to elevate themselves, to get a name for themselves. Well, Jesus Christ wasn't like that, for you remember. He washed his disciples' feet. He said he was the servant of all. And that's not the mark of a man who wants to be elevating himself. Some other people become frauds for political gain, in order to rise up the political ladder to get political power. That certainly wasn't the motive that motivated the Lord Jesus. For I read in the Bible that some people sought to make him a king, but Jesus passed out of their midst. Other people become frauds for financial gain in order to get rich. But when I came face to face with the Christ of the Bible, I found this, that when he wanted to illustrate a point, he needed a penny. He had to ask someone for it. 
He said, foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man is not where to lay his head. And if men said that Jesus Christ was a fraud, then they had to answer these questions that were rising in my mind. How could I explain Jesus Christ as a fraud? Other people said that he was a madman. These claims were the claims of a madman. I had to face that. And as I faced it, I came to this conclusion that the words that Jesus Christ spoke have baffled sages for 2,000 years. That's not the mark of a madman. And to face this, that has influenced civilized nations, that's not the work of a madman. And to face this, that whatever his influence touched, it was an influence for elevation and for the good of mankind. That wasn't the influence of a madman. And to face this, that Jesus Christ, who claimed to be God the Son, claimed to be the only saviour of men, had made claims that stood the test of experience and of time. And as I thought over these things, I found that my own agnosticism was being dissolved. That Jesus Christ was what he claimed to be, God the Son. And that Jesus Christ had proved himself in history to do what he claimed to be able to do, to forgive sin. And so having faced the question, what yet think ye of Christ? The preacher asked me another Christ question. What will you do then with Jesus, which is called the Christ? And I found that I hadn't only to come to an intellectual estimation of Christ, but that when I came face to face with Christ, there were tremendous moral and personal demands made upon me. And as I considered the question, what am I going to do with this Christ, who is the Son of God, who is what he claims that he is? I looked into the Bible and I found that other people had faced this question too. There was Judas, for instance. Judas, who when he was asked, what shall I do then with Jesus, betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver and ended in a suicide's grave. I was faced with the question of Pilate, the man who originally asked the question. Pilate who tried to wash his hands Pilate who tried to dismiss it and say, that's not a question for me to face. I found how bold jesting Pilate had rued the day that ever he had rejected the Savior. And as I looked at the examples of these men, I had to ask myself as a lad of 19 in the city of Glasgow, was I doing the wise thing in rejecting Jesus Christ, considering the example that others had left who had rejected Christ? And then I looked at the persons who had accepted Christ in the Bible, and I found 
the change that the Lord Jesus Christ had made in them. When they were asked, what shall I do then with Jesus which is called Christ? They had said, I will trust him. Thomas had said, my Lord and my God, and embraced the Lord Jesus and made him his own. Matthew, when he was asked, what shall I do then with Jesus which is called Christ? Heard the word of Christ, follow me and I will make you to become a fisher of men. And Matthew had followed Jesus and left on record, historical record, the wonders and the marvels of a life changed by the power of Christ. I looked at the record of the man in the tombs, a madman tearing himself, a man whom society had rejected and cast out. How he came face to face with Jesus Christ and how he had fallen at the feet of Christ and received him, made him his own, embraced him, trusted him, and the Lord Jesus Christ had clothed him, sat him down in peace for the first time for many years and in his right mind. I saw what had happened to people who rejected Christ. I saw what had happened to people who had accepted Christ. And on the, 90, the 10th of December 1944, when I was asked, what shall I then do with Jesus, which is called the Christ? I received him as my saviour and made him my own. Does that mean then that my life became an impractical dream for me? Well, I was working in a housing scheme at the time. And since that day, I've spent most of my working life in housing schemes and in shipyards. Did my stint as a shop steward down in Clydeside. Witness to working men at the works gates. Preached in the open air all around Glasgow and the west of Scotland. And my testimony after all these years is this, that Jesus Christ is what he claims to be, the saviour of those who believe. And he does what he claims to be able to do, to save to the very uttermost all who come unto God by him. I'm glad that I had a praying mother. And perhaps someone listening to these ones has a praying mother too. And I'm glad that her prayers were answered that night. I accepted the Saviour as my own. everyone and welcome back to Kingdom Come with me Jess Priest and Pastor Fergus Buchan from MMI London. 
Thank you all for tuning in and joining us again tonight. So last week's episode was on the topic of the great comfort for the elderly. And tonight, Pastor Fergus is going to be speaking and teaching about sowing the good seed and will be working in the book of Matthew. So without further ado, over to you, Pastor Fergus. Well, thank you, Jess. And good evening to all of you out there uh, this evening. And uh, yes, we're going to be working in the, the Gospel of Matthew, the book of Matthew. And we're going to be talking about uh, seed. And and why did this come to me? Well, I want to share a little bit what happened to us uh, last Saturday as our ministry every Saturday goes into the streets of London with teams and we go and pray for the homeless, the lost, the alcoholic, the drug addict, the prostitute, police officers, and or anybody else. In fact, two young ladies at Costa's Coffee with Jess's dad and I, we led them to the Lord as we were ordering our coffee. But it's good seed. And and what I want to talk about is we also get a lot of refusals, refusals don't we, Jess? In fact, we, I was quite heavily abused this last Saturday, which was in the embankment area of London, knew that no London, and I didn't appreciate it. But the Lord said to me, you sowed the seed, and you know what happens. Another one will water, Jess, and who gives the increase? It's, it's God. So I'm going to, we carry on sowing the seed. We don't get disappointed. We do, we do sometimes. We feel, you know, we spoke to 20 people and only four gave their lives to Jesus. We feel we have, we've failed. No, we haven't failed. We've got four people, and that's what counts. The lost sheep, the lost coin. So before we go any further, let me pray with you, and then we'll get into the, the Word of God. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for this program. We thank you for our, our, our host, uh, Rob Rowe. And uh, we thank you for his openness to letting us come on to his radio station, or it's God's, but he's his servant, for Jess and I to come and share with you. So we give you all the praise and all the glory in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mm. Amen, Jess. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick off with the scripture the Lord gave me. And then we're going to go back to, the, it's a parable, obviously. And in verse 38, so we, we're in Matthew chapter 13, verse 38. The Lord Jesus speaking says, The field is the world, the good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked one. Okay, so that's what the Lord the, the Lord gave me. And going back now to, to the beginning of, of the of the parable, the Lord speaking, I'm going to read just one or two of the uh, of the verses and, and then we'll set the table, you see, and then we can go in from there. Another parable he put forth to them, saying the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in the field. Now, that's what we do. That's what you should be doing, um, sowing good field, uh, a seed in the field. Now, I'm not a farmer, but I've, I've got my family farms, actually. Uh, most of my family, not all of them. And I know what it is to, to plant. Um, my family particularly does maize. So I, I know that the, they plow the fields, put the fertilizer in, then they come with the seed sower, put in the seed, cover the seed so the birds don't eat it, and then they pray for rain because it's a big farm, it's big fields. But they don't really know just what's going to come up. Mm. Nobody's guaranteed anything. Okay, so that's that's what I believe the Lord is showing us with sowing. Okay, but while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. What is a tear? Well, in modern day English, a tear is a weed. Mm -hmm. Right. Weed can't produce anything. It's just a weed. Um, 
wheat, well, that gives us a lot of things. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So what happens here now is the, the weeds and the, let's use the word maize or yats, wheat, came up together. At the beginning, Jess, you can't see the difference because there's no head. You know, wheat has a head, right? Maize has a cob, right? So they're both thin green shoots. You, you don't know. Okay. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in the field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, an enemy has done this. The servants said to him, do you want us to go and gather up, gather them up? So the enemy came in. And who's the enemy? Oh. Satan, Lucifer, the devil. I'm going to come back to that one just, just now about the churches. I use the churches as an example today. But he said, no. Lest while you gather up the tears, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest. And at that time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares, bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Wow, this, this is pretty, this is a tough one, Lord. Um, Jesse's talking about hell. I mean, where, where can you only burn? It's in hell, yeah. Mm. And, and the wheat, uh, it's us. We're going to the barn. We're going to the Lord's house. That's what's been revealed to me. Okay, you got that. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> we, we, talk, we talk about an enemy. So, as I said to you earlier, and, and, and believe me, I believe in church. We, we have a church. Well, we don't have a church. We have a fellowship. But, but we, we come together every Sunday, um, every Wednesday for prayer, every Thursday for prayer. Every Monday I'm sitting with Jess, so I know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, I don't know everything, Jess, but uh, I know. So you get new Christians that the evangelist finds, which is me, predominantly, because that's what I am. I am also an ordained pastor, but I am an evangelist. So I bring in the new grain, the new seed, which I've sowed by the grace of God. But now, if these... This young seed comes in, Jess, and, and the doctrine of that particular ministry is not correct. They're going to raise weeds. You, can't, you cannot raise, uh, raise um, um, wheat or, or, or grain with false doctrine. So you, you're going to have the good folk in amongst the weeds. And that is what's so worrying because... That's why the Lord said when, when, when his, uh, uh, his workers, he, the, the, he's edifying the worker here, he's, he's sharing the workers, said, come, we can pull them all up. He said, no, because you want to know the difference. Surely, if you've got the word of God sitting on your lap, and you're reading the Bible, Jess, and some pastor gets up and, and makes a thing totally contradictory to the word of God, you're going to read it, aren't you? Aren't you going to say, hang on a second. But that part, I don't care how esteemed he is. I don't care how famous he is. I don't care if he's a Sadducee or a Pharisee. You've got to say, hang on a second, sir. What you're saying is not in the Bible. If he gets offended, well, you've got to get up and walk out, haven't you? Mm-hmm. So the wheat's coming out now, but the tear stays. And that's what you've got to be careful. That's why I exhort my ministry 
our ministry under the auspices of the Lord Jesus Christ, to read the Word of God. And that's one thing Jess does know, that her pastor, which is me, comes from the Word of God. Otherwise, she can't walk with me. And I fully agree with her. Because you can't, if we preach the Word of God, Jess, and stick on the Word of God, we're on safe ground, aren't we? Mm -hmm. Yeah, people can get angry because, oh, that's very hard, Pastor Buck. And then I'll just say, well, go and read uh, chapter X, Y, Z, and verse 3, 4, 2. You can't argue with him. You can't argue with God then. Yeah. You know what the what's the old adage, Jess? Um, I didn't write the Bible. I just preach it. Mm -hmm. So you've got a problem with what I'm saying tonight. Any of you, read the Bible and then go to God. And then also, if you want to take it further, Jess always puts our, our website address. Drop us a line. We're waiting for you to answer us out there. We haven't got all the answers. Maybe... What you want to share will help us. But you see, in verse 29, he says, But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Now, there's the other parable when, when, the, when um, the sower throws the seed onto the ground, it falls on good soil, stony soil, rocky soil. Okay, that's the growth of, of, of a person that's given his life to Jesus. This is different. Okay, we're we talking about a harvest. We're we talking about People that have been, uh, have heard the word of God, that are growing. But he says this in verse 30. Let both grow together until the harvest, at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers. <laughs> you see, what's this what is this telling me? That he's, we serve such a gracious God. I love, he's going to give us more time. He's going to give us more time. Yeah, I'll go to church. Okay, Jesse, you go to church. But you're behaving totally opposite to what the Word of God says during the week, mm -hmm. right? But He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to put you in the fire yet, which I'm coming to. He's going to give you time, so you come back to church. We, we had an incredible meeting last night, which I'm not going to share. Uh, not last night, sorry, on Sunday morning, because the Holy Spirit fell. Mm -hmm. People got convicted. People repented. We, we, that's a word you don't hear anymore, Jess, in church, do you? You do in this ministry, by the way. And it starts with me. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. So, <laughs> he's gracious, loving. But then he says, let both grow together until harvest. At the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares, and bind them in bundles and burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. You know, we serve a gracious, loving God, but we serve a holy, righteous God. He's a judge. He's a king. And we're all sinners, saved by grace through faith. So that we know that. There's two sitting here talking to you. But we've given our lives to Jesus, and when we do mess up, and Jess and I do mess up, we repent. We come back to the Lord and ask for forgiveness. I mean, we don't mess up like we used to mess up. But these that don't repent, or these, which is even more concerning for me, Jess, is the ones that have given their lives to Jesus, know the word of God, and turn back to their old ways. You know, the, the Bible says it's a rough one as well, eh? Like a dog, they return to their vomit. Yeah. Those, that's the tear. 
And that tear has no future because that tear is bundled, tied up, and thrown into the fire. What's he talking? Where, where, where's fire? I just said to Jesus, just now, fire is hell. That's where you're going. So he, I'm, I'm talking about here the analogy. It's Christians I'm talking to. But the others are going into the barn. Where's that? That's heaven. To be with Jesus in the temple forever and ever. So, brothers, you've got time. I mean, if you've got loved ones that are going to church and you know they're sinning or they're living in sin or they're behaving uh, totally contrary, as I said, during the week to what they, they go to church, or your pastor, there's another one now. We, we'll get them on the line now, Jess. If he's teaching and preaching something that is not in the Word of God, you've got to call him out. Well, Pastor Buckan, who am I to go and speak to so-and-so? Well, let me tell you something now. Do you want to be a tear or do you want to be wheat? Do you want to be a weed or do you want to be a weed? I read something lovely the other day, Jess. Um, Johnny Cash. You know, I love gospel music and I believe that's going to be the music in heaven. Anyway, that's what I believe. Um, he made a statement when he was quite young and Johnny Cash messed up many times in his life. You know that. I love his music. And he made the statement when he was a young man, under 30 still. He says, being a Christian is not for sissies. It takes a man to serve Jesus Christ. I love that. Or a woman. Okay. In other words, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go down that road. I, I, know, I know my friends do this. And do, I'm not doing that. If they start this kind of thinking, what I'm sitting with them, uh, I'm speaking to Jess now, she's a young lady, she get up and walk out. Because you're not a, you're not a tear. So, God gives us time. Speak to your family, especially the ones that are not saved, especially the ones that are, think they're saved. <laughs> but they're actually a tear. Warn them, because at the end, there's no comeback. That's one thing about the Lord. He can't go back in His Word. He can't say, oh, well, Suzanne was such a lovely girl. Okay, we won't burn her. We'll keep her, but the others you can, no, no, they're all going. Be warned. But keep saying good seed like we do, like we do every Saturday. When we go into the streets on the way home from Wimbledon, by the way, on the way to Wimbledon, Joanne, my wife, and I left the teams in the embankment, Trafalgar Square, and I found two more. One outside the station and one outside a lovely shop called Ellie's. I'm not promoting Ellie's, by the way. It's a big department store. I said, hang on, Joe. We can pray for him. So we put good seed out. If he doesn't finish the race, is it my fault, Jess? No. What did I do? I sowed. Right. So be encouraged. Let's have a word of prayer. Yeah. And trust this has touched you today. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that we've got to be sowers of good seed and never stop. I thank you, Father God, for your word, which is true, just, and faithful. That that is our cornerstone or our capstone. It's, it's our foundation. It's a better word. We go to. And we check up on our pastor when he preaches. Is it the word of God he's bringing? We thank you, Father God, for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. God bless you all till next week. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Fergus, for sharing with, that, with us. And thank you to everyone that tuned in tonight. If any of you have any questions or prayer requests, please send them in to our new prayer email address. Um, and it's mmi.londonprayer at gmail.com. So we'll see you all next week. And don't forget to tune in and join us every Wednesday at 8pm. Until then, God bless.
Fergus Birkin, and uh, he's been speaking about uh, sowing seeds in Kingdom Come. Uh, you'll be able to hear Kingdom Come back again next week at the same time on this programme, Gospel for You. My name's Rob Rowe, and I'm the director of Gospel for Grampian Radio, which is based here in Aberdeen. Our theme for today is grace, and our core scripture for today is Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And all I can say is that this gift is through Jesus Christ, God's only Son, and through what Christ Jesus did on the cross in our place. That makes us right with God when we believe. And it is a grace to turn from our old lives, which Christ seeks to rescue us from, but we have to do the active thing in accepting that. And when we accept what Christ Jesus did on the cross in our place, that makes us right with God because of all that Christ has done for us. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. It's not because of any influence, or money, or good works, or any expertise of our own, that we can earn that grace. It is a gift of God, and only that is a gift. We also included in our thoughts Second Timothy verse 19, but I also mentioned Hebrews 4 verse 16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. This part of the show is uh, given over to prayer. And I know we've only got a few scriptures today. Sometimes we have a lot more scriptures in this particular program. But it's important that we highlight aspects of God's character. And in the last two weeks, we've been highlighting mercy last week and today grace and it is our prayer that you the listener will have a good understanding of that understanding so that perhaps even you yourselves might make a prayer for acceptance of that work done by Christ on the cross for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes shall not perish but shall have everlasting life and this is the message of the gospel in one bible verse and it is this message that we use here on gospel for you through your gospel your gospel that project that makes john 3:16 available in different languages from around the world and we have over 45 languages now that we can broadcast and tell people the gospel in their own language 
We're looking for lots and lots more. We would love to have Turkish. We would love to have Greek as well as Portuguese. But for the moment, we thank God for what we have and that uh, as this program goes out to all over Europe, North Africa and the Middle East on shortwave, medium wave and online, that we're able to reach the maximum number of people possible. Uh, we also make this uh, program available to listeners in Uganda as well. Let's now come together in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus Christ, help us to understand this wonderful, complete and amazing grace that allows us to move forward, allows us to be made right with you. Thank you, Lord God, for this grace. There is nothing that we can do or say that would ever be good enough, that could ever buy this grace. And it is only by your Son. And I pray that people will realize this, accept it, and even believe for themselves. And so, Lord God, we thank you. We thank you. Amen. Now, what we're going to do is to uh, invite you, the listener, to accept Christ as Lord and Saviour for yourselves. It's a very simple prayer. Please, let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus Christ, thank you, Lord God, for what you have done for me on the cross at Calvary. I acknowledge your body broken for me and your blood shed for me. And this can make me right with you when I believe. So, Lord God, I acknowledge all the things I've done wrong, said wrong, thought wrong, my wrong attitudes and the things that I haven't done but I should have done. Please forgive me for all of these. Please now help me to repent. Turn away from those things. I accept you as Lord and Saviour and ask you to help me to be the person you want me to be that I might be able to tell others about you. Amen. And listeners, if you've said that prayer, really welcome to God's kingdom. Please start reading the Bible and we look forward to hearing from you directly. So please send us an email, info at g4g.org.uk. We have two more items before we uh, go out. Uh, the first of these is your gospel in Catalan. And then you'll be able to hear some wonderful sounds of the Skylark. We'll play this in earlier programs. But you know what, listeners? We're actually starting to hear the birds talking a lot more. And the sound of the Skylark gives so much hope. And hopefully... As you hear this, you reflect on the program, on the wonderful subject of God's grace to each one of us, which is totally undeserved. Now, God willing, we'll be back again next week at the same time, and you'll be able to hear this program going out again on Friday evening. 
from 7pm, that's 8pm CET, 7pm on Gospel for Grampian Radio. You also hear this program going out on All Gospel Radio. Bye-bye for now. Joan 3.16 Deu ha estimat tant el món que ha donat el seu fill únic perquè no es perdi ningú dels que creuen en ell, sinó que tinguin vida eterna.